You are Locked On Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome in. This is your Thursday Locked On Syracuse podcast, Tyler Rocky and Tim Leonard. Today's episode brought to you by the awesome people over at rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the car parts you will ever need rockauto.com. Tim, we've got a jam-packed show today. A lot of news that has filtered in over the last couple days. We're going to get to John Wildhack's comments on Dino Babers because that kind of made some some heavy waves throughout the Orange community. Garrett Schrader, a name that we need to know now at the quarterback position because he has gone into the transfer portal out of Mississippi State, a former four-star guy. So we're going to do a little quarterback conversation because Syracuse has already reached out to this guy. And then on top of that, we're going to get a little hoops in today's show as well. We did some hoops all of yesterday, the numbers you need to know heading into this 2021 season. So if you missed that, go check that out wherever you get your podcasts. But we're also going to dive into Dior Johnson because we've got some news there about what of his future Of course there's more Dior news. And He's the, the saga continues. The yeah. Yep. <laughs> and and as, as much as we love Dior, as much as we want to see him with the orange, the, the Dior meter, I would definitely say, has shifted, at least for me. I don't know about you, but we, yeah. we will get to our thoughts later on in the show. Check us out on Twitter at LO underscore Syracuse. And be sure to rate, comment, and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast. We really appreciate all that feedback that you give us there as well. And if there's anything you ever see out on the Newswire that you want us to talk about on the show, feel free to shoot us a tweet, DM, a review, all that stuff. We read it all, so we will do all of that and keep all you guys in mind. But we start today with John Wildhack and his comments to the Syracuse Post Standard about the future of Dino Babers. And he was very, very transparent And again, we kind of talk about with Dior, how if he goes against his word, if he doesn't play for Syracuse, there's a lot of receipts out there that can come back to bite him. And I think John Wildhack has put out a receipt here. He says about Dino Babers, he's going to be our coach in 2021, and I hope for a long time. And that's kind of what you and I talked about this entire week, really, in regards to Dino Babers, because... There isn't a lot that you can do to fire this guy. Again, the results haven't been great over his entire tenure, not just this year. He's got the one blip back in 2018 when they go 10-3 and and win the Camping World Bowl. But there's not a lot that you can do given the finances, given the pandemic, and given the fact that he has, I guess you could say, progressed this program a little bit from where it was when he took over to warrant a firing of him and take that next step. So I'm looking at this and John Wildhack really just confirming what both you and I believe right now. Yeah, I mean, no surprise whatsoever, but I will say I like that Wildhack did it. I'm I'm happy that he did it. I mean, I think this is good for any sort of recruiting question marks going forward. If you're a 2021, 2022 and beyond type of recruit right now and you're having a conversation with Dino Babers, now you don't really have to ask that question that's kind of the elephant in the room. Or... If you're having a conversation with another coach, maybe that's a fellow ACC school, some of these schools that we know competes against Syracuse, the Boston Colleges, the Rutgers, sadly, like those type of schools, maybe even a little bit better, NC State, whatever you want to say, those coaches can't really have as much success when they go, hey, I know you got an offer from Syracuse, but like, 
Keep in mind, is Dino even going to be there? Not looking great. Now, that, that's not really something that other coaches can use as a tactic against Syracuse as much. So props to John Wildhack. I maybe didn't agree 100% with all the other quotes that he had in this article, but he takes some time. Yeah, Shout out. Let to me read it. some of those. Yeah, go for it. Because here's, here's the follow-up to after he says that he's going to be the coach, I hope for a long time. Wildhack goes on to say, and again, this is an interview with the Post Standard, Chris yep. Carlson, posted the article on the website that's what he wants that's what i want at the same time we all know this is a result oriented business to some degree when you look at everything we've had to deal with this year it's been incredibly challenging i'm not going to judge the book on coach baber solely on this year i'm not going to do that you can't make emotional decisions if you make emotional decisions more often than not you make the wrong decision it's about where are we deficient and how do we correct it and to me I'm wondering, and we talked about this a little bit earlier in the week. They're really good friends. Is he going to fire his friend? And that's one of the things. You can't make emotional decisions. And I'm wondering if that's something that we can hold John Wildhack to. Is he going to make an emotional decision? And in this case, the emotional decision is to not fire him. Yeah, I, I like that he leaves it open and, and says, wait, I let, let me clarify that too before it gets twisted out of context. Okay. That's assuming he has a bad year in 2021 too. Because again, you and I have said, this is not something, 2020 is not a fireable offense right now. It's not helping your case. You haven't helped your, your prospects of maybe getting that bigger job somewhere else or anything of that nature. But if 2021 is bad, then you have to look yourself in the mirror at some point because... There are no excuses in 2021. You have to roll with what you got. And at that point, if 2021 is bad, you're looking at five losing seasons in six years. That's a fireable offense right there. And I'm wondering if John Wildhack is going to be able to make that sort of decision if that arises after the 2021 season or even into the 2021 season. It's a good question because there's no denying that it seems like he really likes Dino Babers, and that's been abundantly clear throughout this process. But I still have belief that I think he would make that tough call. Now, it's not really anything that you can point to like he's done it before, so it's it's just a wait-and-see type of situation. The one thing I didn't love, per se, from the quote there is that he basically said... Uh, let me find it. I'm not going to judge the book on Coach Baber solely on this year. This is year five, John. That's the only thing I'd say to that, is that we've we've now seen four losing seasons out of five. And I don't think it's... I mean, he almost phrases that quote in a way that makes it seem like this is the first year of Dino Babers. But I get it. I mean, he goes on to say stuff like, I don't want to make excuses. I understand the fans' frustration. Nobody is happy. We're all frustrated. But I look out on the field, particularly on defense, and I see so many freshmen and redshirt freshmen. You lose Cisco, who started from the moment he stepped on this campus. You lose your quarterback. This is all John Wildhack saying. So he's he's basically saying, I, I don't want to make excuses, but like there are some excuses to be made if you wanted to go that route, which is totally fair. I mean, this is a weird year. I didn't love how he went into... You know, we had a weird uh, practice schedule and COVID and everything because everyone dealt with that. Now, it is tougher for Syracuse because they were implementing two new coordinators. So I'll give them that. I will say this, too. When you look at some of those things that he said there, it seems like he knows sports, right? Like, 
sometimes athletic directors are so. brought in. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. But here, here's what I'm, I'm trying to get at there. That wasn't yeah. supposed to be some sort of dig, but no, I some you. athletic directors are brought in to run the business of athletics. You know what I mean? And they're not necessarily there to make these sort of hires. Like they have advisors sometimes when they do make these big level hires, especially at the football and basketball programs. But Wild Hack, the way that he dives into all of that in saying, oh, well, he talks about the quarterback position and he knows the background of Andre Sisco and how he started the, literally the second that he stepped onto campus. And that's, he essentially stepped onto campus as a high school senior and was a starter in that spring game, which is something that does not happen very often. And the way that he talks about the quarterback position and some of the things that you brought up there about how he's familiar with the practice schedule and the importance of the spring practice and the implementation of coordinators. It seems like he knows sports. And that's kind of refreshing when you look at, like we look at, you see it all the time in the NFL. It just feels like there's sometimes people in those management groups and the ownership groups that just don't know sports. But it feels like that's a little different with John Wildhack. And I think you can kind of attribute that to his time at ESPN in a sense that that kind of gave him some background and that really helped him understand how sports are supposed to work because that's what you're consuming all day, every day. And I think that's one of those things that's going to really help in this situation right now for the Syracuse team is, and the Syracuse athletics program in general is because he knows sports. It feels like it, which sounds stupid, but it's refreshing because I don't think you can say that about every single athletic director. Totally. We can move on to Garrett Schrader, but the last thing I'll say is that John Wildhack, every decision he's made, I pretty much agreed with. There's no no fault or no nitpicks I could point to as to he's the reason why this football team is going to go 1-9 and nine this year. Because as I said earlier in the week, at the time he had that contract extension, I, along with everyone else, and if you're listening and you deny this, I find it hard to believe that you're telling the truth. I mean, we all wanted him to make that buyout outrageous or whatever you have to do, John. Put the money on the table. Mm -hmm. He did that, and here he is. You know, maybe some people want him to swallow the buyout and cut ties right now. I don't think that's fair, given all the unfortunate things that have gone on. I'd like to see Dino one more year, and then maybe we can have that conversation. So, I have no problems with anything John Wildhack said, and I give him credit for coming out and talking to Chris Carlson and kind of addressing what was a big elephant in the room this week. All right, before we move on, there's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill. That, of course, is Coors Light. No matter what the sport is, Saturdays are your time to chill. So what better way to enjoy a Syracuse game or any game than with Coors Light? When I'm getting ready to watch SU on Saturdays or my Bears on Sundays, there's only one beer I'm grabbing out of the fridge, and that's Coors Light. With mountain cold refreshment, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. You won't find another beer out there that's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect. For a moment to unwind. Coors Light is the one I choose to unwind, so when you want to hit reset, you too should reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Again, get.coorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Got to tell you guys about rockauto.com, a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. You can go to rockauto.com today to shop for auto and body parts for your car or truck from hundreds of manufacturers. They've got everything you could ever need. It's very easy to access, very unique catalog. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle 
and choose the brand specifications and prices you prefer. Very good prices at rockauto.com. Always reliably low. And the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers, which is something that's kind of unique to rockauto.com. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? You can go to rockauto.com today, get the same parts that you could get at the brick-and-mortar store. Just save that step. Go today, and when you go, write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you here. Again, put Locked On, the podcast network here, in the How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you to rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. All right, let's get into some fun stuff here. It's the future kind of of Syracuse football, especially at the quarterback position, because Garrett Schrader, a Mississippi State quarterback, has entered the transfer portal after being moved to wide receiver. Again, they had a coaching change in the offseason. In comes Mike Leach. He carries that big arm system. You're going to throw the ball 50 times, and you're going to throw for 5,000 yards for me this year. That's the type of system that Mike Leach likes to run with. And Garrett Schrader didn't fit that. He's a dual threat guy. He's going to do a lot more with his legs. Again, he, he can throw the football, completed over 55% of his passes at Mississippi State his freshman season, his true freshman season, when he got a good amount of playing time. But his value is with the legs. He's very Dungy-esque, if you will. Yep. <laughs> and it's one of those things that feels like a natural fit here. He Syracuse has already reached out to him about the prospects of coming here and playing for the Orange. And it just seems like a match made in heaven here. Now, at the end of the day, he's a four-star guy. He might have higher aspirations because I'm sure there are going to be a number of other programs that are going to come calling. He was a big-time recruit, a top 300 guy, the one of the best dual-threat quarterbacks in the class. So you're going to have plenty of options if you're Schrader, but you're going to have a really good one in Syracuse, assuming the offensive line is a little bit better next year. And it, it has to go up, right? <laughs> but I will say this. He's not coming to Syracuse to be in a quarterback competition. We have to acknowledge that. Yeah, maybe. I mean, who knows how, how many offers he's going to get. I, I agree. Like, when he came out, he had Alabama, Florida, Penn State, Tennessee, West Virginia. But he announced himself in the transfer portal, what is it, two, three days ago now? All we've heard of, really, when I scoured the internet a little bit, is that Syracuse has reached out to him. I do think there's there's definitely going to be a lot more interest, I agree, but I don't know if he's going to have like his pick of wherever he wants to go, because right now... But here's now, what I'll say to that, is think about the, the state of those big programs right now. Alabama's got bigger fish to fry. You look at a place like Miami, bigger fish to fry. LSU, yeah, they're, they're focused point. on the now. Syracuse is like the New York Jets. They're priming <laughs> themselves to to get Trevor Lawrence right now. They're getting their draft prep going now. They're not looking at how are we going to tool this roster for the remainder of the season. Their management is looking for 2021 and yeah. what's to come. What I'll say about this is, to me, this is Syracuse acknowledging they have a quarterback problem. Tommy DeVito has not shown them enough to commit to him as the quote-unquote answer, or at least not explore other options because remember there was Cade Forden last year who was a former UNC guy who really has not panned out I think he's at UCF not putting up great stats but they went after him now I, I don't think it's that much of an indictment on Justin Lampson but I mean you have to keep in mind if, if you do bring in Schrader that might 
who knows what that does to Lampson's time. Yeah, because he's a young guy, too. Yeah. I mean, we're not talking about a grad transfer here or a guy with one or two he's years got three of eligibility. Years. Yeah. He's got, yeah, he's going to have some time. He, of course, gets the free year this year. He's essentially coming in as a sophomore, likely going to be eligible to play right away. If he and is, yeah. So Yeah, it, I mean, you look at all of that, and you kind of wonder, too, what does it mean for Justin Lampson? Because... Again, he's probably a little bit frustrated if he sees that they're looking after this guy. But again, you can't blame Dino right now because he is recruiting for his job. You need the best players on this roster so you can succeed in 2021. And if you're not committed to doing that, then you should not be the head coach of this program right now. Again, it's tough because sometimes you have to make some slimy moves when you get a little bit desperate and you know you might be coaching for your job next season. But at the end of the day, no one is going to come blaming you if you bring in a guy like Schrader and he has three unbelievable years with this team. So if he does get to be eligible right away, three years, Lampson would be a redshirt junior, assuming he would redshirt then. Let's just play the card that Schrader's great and he's the starter for a while. Then Lampson, when Schrader leaves, would be a redshirt junior, just in case anyone was wondering about the timetable. But what do Lampson and Schrader have in common? They're both dual threat guys, and they both have loosely been <laughs> compared to Eric Dungy. I don't think that's a coincidence. I mean, I think that Dino had, and the staff kind of acknowledged that dual He's threat. He's found the right model now, of what works. Yeah, I mean that's worked before, and maybe you go back to it because the offensive line is kind of a concern even going forward. And I know some people will say it's going to get better. I hope, I agree to an extent, but how much better will it get? I mean, I'd still like to see a dual threat. We've seen that have success. Schrader is not, he still makes mistakes. I mean, he's not a perfect product. In, in the 10 no. games Through at what, Mississippi five State, interceptions yep. to just eight touchdowns last year. Yeah, and then he ran for six. He was 5.7 yards per carry. Um, but, you know, Mike Leach moved him to wide receiver, and you watch his arm strength. It's not overly impressive. It seems like he's a fearless runner like Dungy was, and I know we love to make the Dungy comparisons, but I do, I do think it's kind of a pretty good one right now because he's, Got a couple plays where he's doing some helicopter type uh, hurdles and everything, and it was yeah, for better or for worse, yeah, right. He's so, flying in the air. So I mean, I think he's got a ton of talent, and I think he gives you some added depth at the very least, and then it brings into a, co- a competition. Now, I will say, I think we need to pump the brakes a little bit because all we know right now is that Syracuse reached out to his former high school coach. And they said, hey, we remember you. We offered you. Schrader was never, he never took a visit to Syracuse. It wasn't like Syracuse was initially right there and getting him. I mean, he was too talented, frankly, to be in that conversation. But he was never, Syracuse was never on a short list for him. They reached out to his high school coach and he told Mike McAllister at Syracuse Sports Illustrated that he is open to anything right now, given that he just entered the transfer portal. So it's not like he came out and said, Hey, here I'm Garrett Trader. Here's my top three schools. Syracuse is one of them. That that's right. what happened with yeah. Kate Forden, and then it got again. Real. This happened two days ago. Yeah, <laughs> there's so, so much time in this process. He doesn't even have to make a decision until like June if he doesn't totally. want to. But it's intriguing. So, I mean, I'll, I'll no, give yeah, you that. absolutely. Yeah, can I offer you a trade? You want to hear a trade? <laughs> sure. A college football trade? I love if, it. Yeah, college football trade. Again, we're moving into the landscape now of college athletics where it feels like free agency is essentially upon us with these one-time <laughs> transfers. And I know a lot of coaches are going to hate that and all the semantics that come with it. But let me offer you a trade here. You get okay. on the phone with, with Mississippi State. 
swap Tommy DeVito for Garrett Schrader. Because hmm. Leach was what do you interested. Think of that? Because yeah. Let me get let me get you that and get you the background here. Washington State had a lot of interest in Tommy DeVito. Mike Leach was the head coach at Washington State. He's now at Mississippi State. What is Mike Leach like? He likes the big arm quarterback, the guy who can step in the pocket and make a downfield throw. Now, Tommy's had some problems with his yeah, downfield throws, but maybe Mike Leach sees down. that. Maybe yeah. Mike Leach sees that as, okay, you're going to come here. I'm going to give you 50 chances to throw the ball a game. I'll, I'll It'd be offer kind you of tough a for Tommy DeVito to say no. Yeah, I'll offer you a counter to your hypothetical trade. Okay. Throw in Zach Garnett, our former defensive coordinator, and then I'll do the deal. <laughs> <laughs> can we get him back i, I mean yeah. i like tony white so far i'm joking i don't know if that would actually really have changed things so far this year but kind of funny that there are some syracuse mississippi state ties right now no but i i'm, I'm actually serious with i obviously it wouldn't go down as a trade per se but i wouldn't be surprised if you saw this offseason that maybe they swap quarterbacks would devito want to go somewhere else where maybe the offensive line plays a little bit better he knows he's going to get to showcase his arm talent and, I mean, Mike Leach wanted him. He made some hard presses at him late to try to pry him away from Syracuse. Yeah. It would not shock me one bit. And I feel like Mississippi State is kind of where you see a guy like Tommy DeVito thrive, too. That's the perfect situation for him in my eyes. And I don't know. Maybe that's something we could see in the offseason with, with the, the movement that is inbound and all the stuff that goes on and the the college football landscape and the transfer market because it's about to get weird it's definitely about to get weird this off season yeah can I throw you one more name okay out there that on the quarterback I'm market. all for a transfer quarterback look at what BC's doing I mean that's worked out yeah. for them yeah yeah absolutely your your Kusevich, I think his name is or your yeah. I don't know how to been, pronounce it it's it's a weird one great but this season, the Notre yeah. Dame guy yeah mm-hmm. Tate Martell that's the name I want to throw you okay and. Where Here's is he why. right now? I don't even know. So he's he was at Miami. Well, right. he's technically at Miami still. He opted out of this season. Oh, I didn't he's, know that. I just don't see a future at Miami for him. And I don't think he necessarily sees a future at Miami either. And here's why Tate Martell works for Syracuse. You're looking at a guy who back in 2017 was the number two overall dual threat quarterback only behind Tua. So... You're looking at a guy who has all the talent in the world. He goes to to Ohio State, and he gets caught up in a weird situation there, loses a quarterback battle to JT Barrett. Justin Fields comes in. He's going to transfer out and go to Miami because he doesn't think he can get the starting job. He goes to Miami, doesn't win the starting job there, and gets moved to to, essentially gets moved to receiver. And I remember I was working a game for Miami. And we had a conversation with Dan Enos, who was the the offensive coordinator at Miami at the time. A lot of people like to question Tate Martell's character. And let me push back based on a conversation I had with Dan Enos. He said that Tate Martell came to him after he lost the starting job, immediately goes to his office and says, listen, coach, I want to do anything I can to help this team. I like that. Can you move me to receiver? Can you put me in at tight end? Can you find a spot for me on this offense? Because even though I'm not going to be at quarterback, I want to help this team. I want to be on the field. Now, of course, he makes his bread and butter as a quarterback. He's doing that so he can stay relevant and stay on the field. But this is a guy who can be a quarterback. And if you're Dino Babers, you might have a chance to get him. Now, 
It might get a little dicey because we don't know exactly what this one-time waiver is going to look like. Is it going to impact guys who have already transferred one time? Again, remember the, the rule within conference is when you transfer within conference, it's two years you have to sit out. So is that going to be amended at all? We don't know exactly what the framework of this whole deal looks like. So that can complicate that a little bit. But it's not like Tate Martell can say, Syracuse, I'm not going to that bottom feeder ACC school. I'm not saying he's going to Southern Miss or, or UTSA, but I don't think he's going to some top of the top program in his next destination or like an LSU or an Alabama when he makes his next move. When I look yeah. at Tate Martell, I think he might see a program like Syracuse that has had success with a dual threat guy and can maybe make something happen and he can re-blossom his career and maybe get him back on track to go to the NFL. Now, I, I do think that model that you're laying out, the one-time highly rated quarterback, the, the Cade Ford and Garrett Schrader, I mean, that's what they're trying to tap into, and they should continue to do that. And at the very least, it gives you a competition and some added depth. Because, I mean, I think there's no denying that Dino, if you gave him some truth serum right now, would be like, Tommy has underwhelmed me. I thought he'd be better than what I'm seeing right now. And, you know, I, I thought Tommy actually looked, pretty good in his last game but I don't think anyone can really deny that so I'm all for going for a home run type of transfer guy and hopefully you land one I, I know you've had troubles recruiting at the quarterback spot but I mean you, you've reeled in a couple good ones since Sterling Gilbert has taken over so maybe that's a trend that could mean that they could be in in the running for one of these guys this offseason yeah hopefully we see change at the quarterback position I'm not saying personnel wise but the play obviously has to be better. We need to see a change in production at the position, the most important position in all of sports. So we'll see if Syracuse can get something done in that manner, whether it's Tommy improving or is it bringing in one of these other guys who could hit the market at some point. All right, coming up next, we'll get into some hoop stuff because Dior Johnson in the news again. So we will <laughs> give you the update on Dior Johnson and where our Dior meters are at because... I don't know. I'm shifting a little bit here. Yeah, we'll talk I think about I am all of that too. next. Closing out your Thursday with some hoops here on the Locked On Syracuse podcast. So Dior Johnson has officially left Oak Hill Academy. Obviously, we, we gave the, the scoops point to Goody, albeit maybe a generous one, but we gave it to Goody. And then <laughs> this has since been confirmed by Mike Waters as well as his head coach, Steve Smith. And... Uh, there was an interesting article put out by Mike Waters, and it was just kind of explaining the news. But here are some interesting tidbits from this article on the Syracuse on Syracuse.com and from the Syracuse Post Standard. And it's here's what Mike Waters uh, kind of dropped. This is kind of a bomb here, in my yeah. opinion. At this point, Johnson has not enrolled in another school. Sources indicated that a couple of high-profile prep schools were interested in Johnson but he apparently shunned those offers. There is growing concern among the Syracuse coaching staff that Johnson could be putting himself in academic jeopardy. When I hear that, not I don't great. hear good things. <laughs> not it's great, not, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It's When I look at that situation there, it's kind of the same old thing that we've been seeing happening this entire time. I don't know what his status is. He's a giant question mark right now. I think we can officially rule out a reclass to 2021 because, again, we, you, though? Have I mean, have, like, <laughs> you have to have a certain amount of credits, though. And if he's not yeah, in a true. school right now, like, we don't know if he's going to school right now. 
And I, I think we that's do. That's a problem. And it's a no. He's not going, right? Like, right now, at least. Maybe that'll change I in a week yeah. or two, hopefully. Right. But, yeah. And also, like, what happened at Oak Hill? Was he kicked out? I mean, I, I still would would like to know. It seems like that that's kind of what happened there. Um, and, yeah, I don't want to speculate on right. that because we don't really know. And obviously, we, it, we're in weird times, so it's tough to really... Yeah, put an assumption out there of, of stuff like that, but we don't know what happened there. Right, and you hope he's all he's, good. I mean, yeah, I know the exactly. injury happened, and that's that's a really unfortunate break. I did see he was putting up some shots in a boot because you know he's Dior and he's he's got to stay. Can grinding. I just say this? Yeah. What What's the purpose of that? <laughs> I, I, I don't mean, think then the, you get it out what, to your million followers, Ty, and it's well, I'm talking okay, about yeah, it. Now. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> he he's thinking in the name image. You, your nil brain, your name image likeness brain is turned on. I've got my my name image likeness tin cap on right now, so I'm kind of like shading all that out. But wouldn't the wouldn't you be more better suited doing dribbling drills? You know, things that'll get you like you're not going to be shooting with a scooter on your right knee <laughs> when you're in a game. So and I don't think so. I, yeah, I just found I just found that very very strange when I saw that video. Yeah, I had a couple of people send me that video, and they were just like, "This kid's whack! Like, like what, what is he doing here?" Um, and that's just kind of the Dior experience. It's been a roller coaster since he first committed, sort of out of the blue. I I would say my meter's gone down. I mean. I was, uh, it wasn't like a little more than a, a couple weeks ago I was on here like, I don't know, I'm, I'm starting to buy in some more because he did say some quotes like, I am coming to Syracuse, I'm coming. And, and he said that to Syracuse.com and the receipts are out there as we keep saying. However, it seems like he is just uh, a teenage kid right now that's kind of figuring things out. And, you know, I, I would say the NBA G League continues to become more appealing when you're sort of fighting academic standing, if those reports are accurate. I, I'd just like to see him land somewhere and play some basketball. And I'd also like to see the Syracuse staff, I mean, I, I'm sure they are. There's no reason to expect they aren't, but assist in that and, and make sure that your prize recruit gets kind of back on track here. I, I know the injury's tough and we don't really know what's going on, but, I mean, if, if Mike Waters is talking about Syracuse is worried about his academic standing, that's a that's a red flag to me, and that that lowers my meter for sure. What so? What's your meter at right now? Are we doing percentages? I forget, or is it like a one? Yeah, to I think 10 we did. Uh, oh, should we do like Dior Defcon? Is that more fun? <laughs> Let, let's do percentages. Yeah. I'll say. Um, oh, okay, okay, fine. We'll do percentages. No, nah, I mean, I don't care. I would say like thirty-five, forty percent. Right. Now okay, I was me, gonna go thirty percent. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you're usually a little that's lower where my, than me, so that's yeah, fair. that's where my meter's at right now with him. I will say this, regardless of whether or not he comes to Syracuse, this has been one of the more fun experiences, yeah. right? Like, eh. is fun the I right mean, word? It's been eventful. <laughs> it's been it's been a cardiac cuse experience. That's what yeah. it's been. I mean, he's always got you on the edge of your seat. Just when you think he's out, he's back in. Just when you think he's back in, he's starting to drift out. How it's, many podcasts do you place. think we've had Dior Johnson in the title? And the kid hasn't even stepped up. I mean, he's so far away from literally dribbling yeah, a basketball. He's still two years out. Like, <laughs> yeah, if, if yeah. it happens. Uh, I don't right. know. It's, it's pretty amazing. But it's still been fun. Like, he Syracuse will have milked out everything they need of Dior Johnson before he even gets to the, the university. I mean, I think you can attribute a couple of recruits coming to Syracuse to Dior Johnson. It, he put their name back on the map. 
Yeah, no Benny doubt. has said as no much. No doubt about it. It's yeah. Yes, it, it's been a very, very beneficial experience, albeit one that may have taken eight years off of the the life Man, of Jim you sound Benheim like he's already McNamara. he's already announced G League over there the way you're talking and I, I don't blame <laughs> you I, I don't know I just who knows I mean maybe in two three even weeks, if he comes this is still a, a very stress inducing experience the whole ride has been kind of topsy turvy it's just it's been a fun little ride like and then if he comes to Syracuse that's like that's like if you're at the amusement park and and the guy operating the thing accidentally lets the the ride go around the loop a second time. Yeah, I mean, it's been an experience. I wonder, I just, it's it's odd. Like, there's so many different question marks I have right now off of this whole thing, and I just wonder what we hear next out of Dior Johnson because, as we've learned, he'll he'll probably make some news in the coming weeks for sure. Yeah. All right, that's going to do it for us here on this Thursday Locked on Syracuse podcast. Don't go anywhere, though, because... If you stay tuned a little bit longer into the day, we are going to have our preview podcast up as we always do a little bit earlier. We're going to get into everything Clemson, everything you need to know for this weekend. Tim, that spread. It keeps Will they going cover, up. Ty? 46, 46 and a half. half. <laughs> 46 and a half, the number as of this recording. We'll see what it is by the time we actually go off on Saturday. So that is something to monitor, something that we're looking forward to. Of course, we do our prop shop picks and we'll just get you briefed in on Clemson. Everything that you need to know about that Tiger team and what Syracuse is getting itself into. Do we by have to make a prediction? Plane. Do, do we have to do it this week? I, I guess we, we can have to pick do a spread, spread pick. We have yeah. to do a spread pick. No, right. no doubt in my mind, we have to do a spread pick. So we will do all of that later on today. So uh, if you're not subscribed to us, be sure to subscribe because you'll get that thing popped into your feed as soon as it's available, all right? So I'm looking forward to that. And we'll also, of course, have DeBundo's Digits. He'll get you all the latest you need to know in terms of the analytics of Syracuse football. So we will do that later on today. For Tim, I'm Tyler. We'll talk to you guys later today. (laughs) 